If you're thinking about starting a podcast, let us tell you about Anchor. First off, it's free, and you can record and edit your show through your computer or phone, or import your show from whatever recording software you already use. Anchor will then distribute your show for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And probably the best part, you can start making money with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to start a podcast from start to finish in one place, and it was a super easy switch for us. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. everybody we're officially back it's dr scott and dr shiloh dr shiloh is very remote today i'm very remote today and i want to tell you the um so this is the first time i have traveled during covid and it has absolutely fallen in line with 2020 what we can oh, all expect from 2020 really been an absolute shit show oh my gosh um so I left LA Friday morning at 6.15 and I flew to Salt Lake City, no problem. Um, and then I f- had a stop in Detroit and my plane got delayed until this morning at seven o'clock. <laughs> and so they put me up in a hotel, which was terrifying. I'm pretty sure a crime had occurred there. <laughs> It'll be like, it'll be like one that first episode, the voyeur motel. Oh my God. I was like, I have to look under the beds because there's going to be a dead person under this bed. And I looked under the beds and there was a pair of tennis shoes, but it kind of looked like someone was standing because it was at like the (laughs) far end, but I knew there wasn't anyone there because I'm in the room, but like, I hadn't even looked under the bed. Tennis shoes. It was so gross. Yeah. And, um, I just took a shower and I basically couldn't even sleep because I was just so creeped out. Plus the tweakers next door were awake and had their children watching cartoons until three in the morning. Um, So I finally got a flight this morning to LaGuardia and I am in Montauk, New York right now. And I have a couple of special guests that are going to be joining me in a moment. So that's why it looks like this. I'm on an iPad. I hope everything's coming through okay. And I'm very excited for behind the couch tonight. <laughs> well, I'm glad you made it. It's like, it is, it's, you know, um, I hear mixed things. Like I, I hear some people talk about traveling and it's great. Um, and then I've heard two nightmare stories about people on flights with, with people that have been just refusing to wear a mask. And it's interesting because Delta just oh. announced last night that they've added 638 people to their no-fly list because they were so belligerent and non-cooperative. And they're like, you can you can believe whatever you believe, Good. but you're not flying Delta anymore. Good. That's you know? what I flew with. And I love Delta. And with all of the delays, it was weather. And then the pilots couldn't work any more hours. And then finally, it was just like no more flights to New York. And um, 
yeah, I tweeted at them. Some people may have seen that and they actually gave me $200 in credit. So I got some attention <laughs> and got something for it, but it's been rough. I have not had sleep in um, over 24 hours. So here I am. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's like Dan was doing, if anybody out there saw the um, Netflix slash television version of The Mist, the Stephen King novella that was made into a movie, they readapted it to um, a television series several years back. And my, my husband, Dan, was the production designer on it. And they filmed in this beautiful place I had been to like 35 years ago, um, uh, Halifax, Nova oh, Scotia. Yes. Um, and it's a beautiful, beautiful seaside community but it takes freaking forever to get there. It's like three connecting flights and I missed every one. So like it, it was like one of those 24 to 28 hour trips where I get there and I'm fried for two days just trying Seriously, to recover like, from not the traveling. Not only could I have flown to London and back in the time that I've been traveling, but I feel like it. Like, you know, when you get to Europe and you're just like, so exhausted, but you know, you have to stay awake and you're like, okay, just go do something. Like go walk around and just to like try yeah. and get on there. It's yeah, it's been crazy. And then I have another funny story. I'll wait till um, the girls get here to tell you. But I also, did you see my new shirt, Scott? Oh, Just cool. Here for the chat room. I like it. <laughs> it's my new get vocal shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm actually gonna um, put some shirt, a shirt like this on our, our merch store. Um, That's great. If, if people are interested, let me know. I think it's fun because chat room, we know that's where it's at, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Adrian in, a, in the chat is saying, I flew to Iraq and Afghanistan. It was about 24 hours. So grueling. It's yeah. Well, and that's, you're also not flying in the most comfortable airlines. Either. It was that army transport. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know if everybody got a chance to, to listen uh, this week, but we started our basically started an episode, I gave an episode that really is the beginning of a conversation about uh, the Disney parks and the number of scandals and, and crimes around Disney and Disney um, named entities. And it's a lot, but you know, we framed it um, coming out of the show that given the unbelievable millions of people that go through Disney parks every year, it's statistically impossible and it doesn't necessarily, it's actually not even indicative that it's more problematic. In fact, it probably indicates that you're safer there than anywhere yeah. else. And I, I do remember, you know, one of the last times we were there together, Shiloh, I think it was right after we had done a training or something and we were talking going, this would be a prime target. Like if you, if, if somebody wanted to yeah. hit what was ostensibly the heart of mm -hmm. America, like that would be the place to go to. But I also, you know, in reading this great book, which I showed during the um, podcast, uh, Mouse Tales, this is a book, it's about 25 years old. You can get it on Amazon. It's a fantastic book written by a former cast member talking about all sorts of background and gossip and what they have to put up with working in those kind of positions. And it's fascinating stuff. And, um, you know, just the security there is is spectacular. Yeah, so I think, I'm looking forward to when it opens again. I think it would again. be very hard in now um, to enact some sort of violence. But I know when I was working at the police department and I was the terrorism liaison officer, we would talk about hard targets and soft targets for terrorists. And hard targets are those that have a pretty good security system and therefore are hard to infiltrate. 
Um, and Disney fell under that category. But I think if someone was able to pull it off, it would, like you're saying, absolutely like destroy an innocence and destroy uh, what we think of as a safe, fun family place. It would really wound us. And that's what they aim to do. So it's, it's scary to think that. It's, it's so, this is such a, I'm taking you back to sort of my growing up in Northern Alabama. I grew up in a town called Huntsville, which is known as it's uh, the nickname is rocket city USA because so much of the space industry and NASA and has been there for decades and including they continue to have the space station monitoring. So some of the, some very dear friends of mine have had their entire careers communicating with outer space, which is the coolest thing ever. But I remember us being, you know, um, being in elementary school and talking about, and this was, you know, at the end of the cold war, it's like, well, if we get Huntsville is going to get bombed. The other people, the kids that had just moved there, like, no, Tampa is going to get bombed because like, <laughs> just this weird childlike arguing. Let's not fight about that. Yeah. Right. We're so important. It should be us. <laughs> oh, Tegan, I'm, thanks for letting us know, Tegan. Like I, yeah, I, Dr. Shiloh usually handles all of the announcements and everything, um, which I'm not great at. And, and something's going wrong today with the Facebook. I'm supposed to be simulcasting on Facebook, but it's not working. That's okay. Shiloh, do you know how I do that? Um, you go into the settings and you push um, manage. I can't think of it. Something about manage um, notifications or something. And then it's, it should be on there, but I think uh, you have manage to do it. Yeah, there you go. And don't. Oh, yeah. It wants me to navigate away. I'm not going to do it. It's okay. No worries. This will well, be on YouTube as always in yeah. a few days. So, um, so I, I've seen some interesting reactions to the Disney episode. Um, a lot of people are like, I hate that Disney owns so much and has acquired so much. It's like they're in everything. Um, and then also the angle because of that, like all of the marketing, like you can't escape Disney. And I kind of saw this when raising a daughter who's now eight, that, um, you know, everything is being marketed from the different channels and all the stuff. And, you know, here, buy this princess outfit and buy this. Um, it is. It's a lot. I mean, if your kid it is not and it's also, Disney, that's pretty deliberate on parents' part, I think. And we think about today, like looking at the larger picture, um, just from a financial sense of like Anaheim, particularly Anaheim more so than Orlando, because Orlando has a lot of other industries going on being in the location it is. But Anaheim has built its, you know, a, a huge part of its income and services through the profits mm -hmm. that Disney makes, including all the surrounding hotels, all of the other attractions. And that's been down for nine months. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they are opening, um, the main street in um, California Adventure next week, I think. So I just saw the alert today. So you can shop and dine um, just like they kind of have downtown Disney open. Yeah. Um, but I think they've got to do something because there's never been a closure like this for them. Yeah. I mean, they took what 9-11, they closed down and that was like it. Yeah. So this is yeah, Abby, this is Abby Blackbird just said Anna crime. Yeah. There's, there's actually a lot of crime <laughs> down there. And then Adrian 
I remember saying it has the highest concentration of PhDs already. Yeah, it does. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the Imagineers and actually, well, I mean, a lot of, you know, they have a, do a lot of the work for the parks also. Um, there's a huge building down there, but there's also one in Burbank that's sort of the crossover between some of the park right. activities and the um, and their entertainment center. I think he but, was talking about Huntsville having that high concentration. Oh, Huntsville. That you yeah, it's kind of, Huntsville's crazy. Huntsville is like um, amazing with the, the brain center that's there. And and um and and incredibly diverse um even growing up like way more diverse than a lot of other southern towns that I came to be exposed to. Yeah, yeah. Well, do you want to do a couple more Disney stories, crime stories? Sure. Okay, I will start with mine. Let me open it up here. Um, so these are ones that we had down, but we didn't get to in the episode because, as you guys know, we're a little bit chatty. Um, so this is about the still unsolved murder of Yale Gracie, who is like the guy when we're talking about early Imagineering at Disney. So he's, he's a Disney legend. He joined the company in 1939 and he started out doing like art layouts for Pinocchio, Fantasia. Um, and then in 1961, he started as one of the first Imagineers. I don't even think they called him Imagineers back then, like no. designing special effects guys on all of our Disney, our favorite Disneyland rides. So the Haunted Mansion, um, he was responsible for the original hot, or hat, hat box ghost, <laughs> not hot box ghost. That's a different that would, thing. That'd be a different, because if you hot box, you are going to see a ghost, whether you want to or not. <laughs> Um, and Pirates of the Caribbean, he, he's responsible for the effects of like the burning city, which I've always thought was like so cool. He also developed the technology that when you're on Space Mountain kind of blocks out the fact that there's like roller coaster track everywhere around you. And all you see is this appearance of just being in a galaxy and stars. So if you guys have ever been on Space Mountain and it's gotten stuck and they've had to turn the lights on, it's the craziest thing. It's have so you? cool. Yeah, like Dan, it, it actually made our trip because Dan and I are such roller coaster freaks and and we love Space Mountain so much and it broke down and it was the coolest thing because the darkness is how they create the illusion of being in this enormous and you, once it turns on, you realize, oh, this space is actually really small. And you're not even really going that fast. It's all the illusion. But God, it's so much right. fun. It actually, it I that happened to me once too. But it totally freaked me out because I was like, oh my God, everything's so close. Like I put my arms up. I'm going to get my arms chopped off. <laughs> it feels like, you know, the tracks are just right there. Yeah. But I guess when you're in the dark, you just don't know. But I mean, I think you'd have to be well, somebody tall with extremely long arms to have that happen to you. And then if you do that, you're kind of a dumbass. Like, I don't know. What a great story. Hey, buddy. You have long arms. <laughs> what happened to your fingers? Oh, I was on Space Mountain. <laughs> I was extending them like jazz hands. Yeah. So Adrian says they still haven't found the original Hatbox ghost figure. Yeah, that's that's some really cool trivia. That's right. Because I, my understanding is they could never make the Hatbox ghost work in the original incarnation. But I'll tell you, the current one is um, so is good. unbelievable. Like, it's all black art, you know, which is sort of using empty black space, like uh, light absorbing materials. Like, they use... Back in the Victorian era, era uh, magicians who did black art was all these amazing illusions that came with a black background that would sort of disguise a lot of the special effects. 
Yeah, he's very cool. If I ever get a Disney tattoo, it might very well be Hatbox Ghost. Oh, cool. Adam says, um, living in New Zealand, we have nothing like that here. Don't know if that's a good thing or not. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I'm like, that's interesting because having one of like my, the high point of my entertainment career post-performing was working uh, as a DVD producer. And I worked on all the Lord of the Rings movies and it crushed me that I was not part of the B team that got to go and do B roll down there during the, the shooting. But, um, I mean, that's a, yeah. that's some stunning landscape. That is some stunning, stunning landscape. That is their legacy. Um, so Yale Gracie, um, if you guys have seen the movie haunted mansion, the, the one with Eddie Murphy, the sort of the man of the house, his name is Master Gracie. So they actually named that character in the movie after this um, special effects engineer. Um, and then in the graveyard at Disneyland at the Haunted Mansion, there is a tombstone dedicated to him. And it says, Master Gracie laid to rest, no mourning please at his request. So there's a bunch of tombstones out there. A lot of them have been dedicated to people who have worked for Disney at some point or another, but he he's kind of this presence of the Haunted Mansion because he did so much landmark work there. Um, what was really cool in my research that I found is that he even revealed his own ghost story experience from childhood to another Imagineer that he worked closely with. And he said that he and his family would go to the East Coast and stay with some cousins and all the cousins would stay up late and they swore that an old lady would come out of the closet and read stories to them. And they never told their parents because she was really nice and they didn't want her to go away. And so they never said anything to any of the adults, but he was about 10 years old when that happened. That is so cool. That is very cool. I don't know if we talked about um, it during the broadcast, but if there's anybody out there that has not seen the original haunting uh movie which is a, a film film adaptation of shirley jackson's shirley jackson's the haunting of hill house it's just called the haunting um it's an amazing movie and many elements of the haunted mansion are based on the production design of that movie sorry there's some people here i might have to introduce yay them. <laughs> i have rebecca sebastian <laughs> oh she's going to the lower level <laughs> and michelle kazuba <laughs> We're having, we are having a girls weekend. I'm so excited. Like three of my favorite people. <laughs> I know. What a blast. These are amazing. Shannon says, hi guys. Hi, hi Shannon. <laughs> we just saw a deer, a mom and a baby. Oh, I know we saw oh, a right baby too. There's a mom and a baby oh, outside of they're the They're delicious, by the way. <laughs> Venison <laughs> is amazing. Venison <laughs> about our bambi <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh okay Sorry, i'm in the middle of a story okay so mr gracie retired from disney in 1975 oh scott's pouring more drinks for everybody <laughs> um so on september 5th 1983 he was 73 years old and he and his wife, Beverly, had been staying overnight at the Bel Air Bay Club, which is in Malibu, 
it's not in Bel Air, <laughs> along PCH. And there are, it's a club where you can go, like they have weddings and things like that. <laughs> and you can, you can own different cabanas and they're actually more like little villas, like more of like be a hotel room that opens up right onto the water. Um, but they were members and they often stayed there on weekends in his retirement at around two 30 in the morning, another club member reported hearing gunshots and Yale Gracie was killed, but his wife, she was injured, but she lived. And she said that a burglar had entered their room, shot her husband to death. And the man had basically fled on the beach. So mm -hmm. this is like right on the beach. Um, the suspect was a man in his 50s. He was armed with a small handgun and he had a dog with him. Maybe it was the, um, the what is it? The gravestone keeper from the Haunted Mansion. Remember he has that like skinny yeah. dog. <laughs> um, no motive was determined. There were no suspects. Nothing was actually taken. So they say it's a burglary. I mean, technically a burglary in California is just entering a dwelling to commit um, to have the intent to commit a felony. You don't have to actually steal something for it to be a bur burglary, but um, they don't know if it was random or if he was targeted for some mm. reason, because if nothing was stolen, they think, you know, they speculate was, was he targeted um, or is this, it was sort of hypothesized that maybe it was a transient that came in off the beach and then kind of freaked out once he, um shots this this husband and wife and then fled um he had a dog with him so i think that's why people think maybe he had been a transient mm -hmm. living along the beach so it is still unsolved to this day there have been no leads it completely went cold really really quick um there weren't enemies so to speak of mr gracie so it, they it really fell off that this was like some sort of hit um, so it, it seems to be this very strange random attack in this very exclusive. And what place. year was that? That was in the eighties, 83. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't realize it was that recent. Yeah. And the, the Bel Air Bay club still exists to this day. It's, um, part of it is actually up above PCH and that's like this big mansion where you can have weddings. It's like a venue. Um, and then is PCH and then the cabanas are right along the sand on the ocean. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's the unsolved murder of Yale Gracie. I, I had one other sort of creepy sort of related fact that um, relates to the haunted mansion in Paris, which is called Phantom Manor. Right? Is, it's so it's cool. There, yeah. It's based on the American cool? West, sort of like a, uh, you're going into sort of like an old West um, haunted house. And then, when you fly out the window uh, or when you go out the attic window and fly, you're, you're going through like tombstone, Arizona. So it's like a desert graveyard. In Paris? Yeah, Why do they have because, that? you know, because the Europeans think, I mean, they, they think very much of American in terms of like Hollywood Westerns, or at least they did when they yeah. were doing this. It's a great yeah. idea. All of, all of them are different around the parts. Yeah. Well, in, in 2016, um, a dead body was actually found inside of the Phantom Manor. It turned out that it was a technician that had been working on some electronics before the park had opened. 
Um, he was 45 years old. He was a cast member, member who'd been there for a really long time. And they say that, you know, he was electrocuted just doing mm. some regular work. So. I just wanted to comment. Shannon. But kind of creepy. Yeah. Shannon says deserts are terrifying. It's funny. I, to me, having grown up in the <laughs> South in the mountains Doesn't and forests, like to me, like you can have a scary mountain scene. You can have a scary forest scene. But deserts, to me, that sort of open vista where you still feel oppressed and anything could jump on you. Yeah, I think deserts are terrifying. <laughs> um, so I wanted to... I love deserts. They're my happy okay. So I wanted to share something that I that uh, I witnessed at a park one time that was was almost the commission of a crime, which was going on Space Mountain. And... Uh, Dan and I, I think we were like running fast pass. So we had already done it a couple of times. It was a slow day at the park and we're in our um, car and we're pulling, you load into your car and then you go to like a, a few feet forward and you stop and then you go, you turn and you go up the ramp and suddenly our car jams to a stop and all these people rush over and they're all like in their sort of space mountain uniforms and, Disney employees are super friendly, <laughs> but there was a look on their face that was really serious. And we're going, everybody's like craning, kind of going, well, what, what's going on down there? So uh -oh. they, one of the, they open up the safety ramps, you know, the, like the bars that kind of come a little across your waist. And one of them reaches mm -hmm. over and pulls an infant from a woman. This woman had somehow sequestered her infant child on her person while she was getting into and the the the, the security camera caught it and they were like you could tell they were like so tight lit like just you know trying to get her off the car but ever, like i've child. never felt such a wave of anger collectively from like an entire room of people like everybody was like how oh, freaking bet. stupid do you have to be do you guys like boo her I, out of no i mean we should have we should have we should have publicly shamed her Jeez. but yeah, of course. With the belt. Shame. 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 Right, Shannon? So the other thing that's a that's a big deal that has recently um, recently been addressed and had not been addressed for many years is um, every place across the U.S. has agencies that basically are some form of acronym. Ours here for child protection, ours here in Southern California is DCFS, Department of Child and Family Services. And there's an 800 number. You call it and you make a report and, and they're they're on it. <laughs> they may use the, you know, if it's an emergency situation, they'll swoop in with police. But what the DCFS reports that were made by a park employee is they were realizing that there were a lot of unwatched, unaccompanied children in the park on a daily basis all summer long. And it turned out that local Anaheim parents were buying annual passes for their kids, dropping them off in the morning with $30 or you know, a handful of cash to buy food, and they would leave them there the entire day at the park. And it wasn't just one or like two; it was about range? fifty different families. And like, it's interesting how Disney meant like it was a big thing in the news for about two days, and then it all disappeared. So I'm sure Disney, in their almost infinite resources and control of the media, were able to go. We need to make sure this doesn't happen but we also need to make sure we don't that it doesn't get advertised as an option for people to try and take advantage of so i mean that's <laughs> oh my god it probably was still cheaper than child oh of course i mean of course and i mean like okay playing devil's advocate probably one of the safest places to be 
probably. Yeah, but it would be interesting to know the age. Yeah, one of them was very, I, I think one of them was like I mean, eight or nine years old. So way too young to be oh on their God. own. Just <laughs> Shannon goes, that sounds like a fantastic idea. So, so there was <laughs> another, I, um, I mean, this is okay. So I want to prepare everybody that this is a, I'm going to, I'm going to broach a, 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 yeah, I'm giving you a trigger warning because this is a particularly creative yet disturbing and controversial thing that happened as well is that Disney has so many sort of, um, pirate, and I don't mean pirates of the Caribbean. I mean, people who's they build careers around Disney. And one of them that is a local thing that was happening for years at Disney is that people with medical and disabled notifications, like uh, people that were had physical disabilities, would sell themselves on Craigslist as tour guides that would then be able to walk you to the front of rides over and over again because them as a, them being a disabled person and they were making bank like making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year yeah it's genius but it was also completely unfair like you know, this one person is now um ushering a family of six over and over again on space mountain or any any ride they want to right so, I mean, it's completely clever, but like, wow. you know, come on. Yes. Yes. I think we knew, know somebody who oh, yeah, we... system different than that. He but, doesn't do um... it anymore, but like it was, <laughs> it was pretty that. creative, no, but he, we'll, he shall go remain nameless. But, um, I did want to run by a couple of other like historical things that were fascinating about, um, things that have happened at Disney world and Disneyland. Um, there have been major hostage situations. One of the most um, prominent ones was in 1992. A 37-year-old man got into the park uh, in Disney World after it was closed and demanded to speak to his girlfriend, who was an employee. And it was it was a separation, um, child custody issue as far as the, the, the couple was concerned. And um, he was not able to get to his, his girlfriend because the guards were trying to commandeer him into an area and, and close him off. And he was fully armed and he took two of the guards um, into a hostage situation, into a restroom. And they did a long standoff trying to talk him down, de excuse me, de-escalate the situation. And he, uh, mm -hmm. after a brief uh, discussion with the law enforcement, he shot himself. Uh, so that was a major one in 1992. And then in Anaheim in 2000, there was almost an exact replay, but here on the West coast of the same, of the same thing, um, demanding to see his wife and kids, um, and, and shot a law enforcement officer. Um, yeah. Wow, and one of the really? biggest ones was a case of child abuse from a foreign national, an Italian doctor was at Disneyland with his, uh, with two of his children and his wife. And he um, was witnessed by many people. He had been belligerent all day um, and yelling at his, his uh, family in Italian. And he got impatient with his three-year-old and kicked the kid in the face. Um, and immediately parents get very protective and they jumped on it and park security jumped on it. And his excuse was that he was not trying to kick his three-year-old. He was trying to kick his nine-year-old because the nine-year-old had 
turned over the stroller. So <laughs> I, that's not it really isn't. It really Michelle? isn't. Um, no. Michelle objects to that. And then there's another. I, th so, I mean, <laughs> I can wax eloquently or gush about the many of the things that I love about Disney. Um, one of them is I don't care how many times I've seen a particular parade. Their parades are fantastic. It's like it's great music. It's great choreography. It's just really well done. And then also, so people line up. It's like, oh, there's a parade at three o'clock starting about one thirty. Everybody starts gathering on the streets or sitting down on the curb so that they can get their preferred seat. So the same thing happens at the night for the phenomenal fireworks they do every night during the summer. I mean, it is their fireworks are just just massively unbelievable. And yeah, to get a good spot means you're going to get a really good show. I mean, you can get an okay right. show from different points in the park, but you can we, we've we've even gone to like if we if we know we're parking at the top of the ten story parking structure, we'll like eat our last meal, take off, yeah. and sit and watch it from there, which is amazing as well. But all of it's done by, you know, it's all timed with music. It's really amazing. But there was people start arguing about like, you're blocking my space, you're blocking my view of the uh, of the fireworks. And a 41 year old woman in 2017 attacked a female high schooler for blocking her view of the fireworks. And um, like literally like grabbed her by the throat, threatened her, punched her, and got her to the ground. But by the time they got her to the ground, they were able to uh, get security over. So, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Oh God. I think I saw that. I saw a little bit of that behavior at the airport last night when we got delayed yet again. <laughs> Some people were screaming about their luggage and it was yeah. about to feel ugly. Abby, Hi. hello. Hi, Abby. I was... Yeah. So Abby grew up in Orange. <laughs> <laughs> Orange, my California, parents, like their office was like Florida. on, what is it? I think it's hella, like right, like it's like on the left side was the Angel Stadium and the right side was Honda Center. It's like that's, which mm -hmm. went there all the time. Mm -hmm. My first tattoo oh. actually was the, I don't know if it's, I think it's the left, I don't know, which side, there's some Mickey Mouse ears one, somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. So did you um, have mm -hmm. classes and just go yeah. there? All the time. Did your parents ever drop you off when you were eight? No, not that. Don't traumatize our guests, Dr. So. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm helping her live through it again, work through it. Nah, no, nah, I, 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 I mean, I, I did a lot of. So, what do you, what do you think of Disney? I mean, what were you saying? Are you a, a lifelong fan? Well, so, so you said to wear your your Disney was... swag. So my mom got me this shirt, Yay! and then Yay! I got these. Pants from when I was there for the 50th anniversary. Okay. It was, freezing. <laughs> it was so cold there that day, and I just did not plan ahead. Oh, I got to tell you, Abby, our, our favorite days are when it's rainy and cold. Like, I. Oh, my favorite day. Oh, it's the best because everybody, like, grabs their kids and goes to the hotel, and then you have free rain in the park. It's awesome. Go on Splash Mountain when it's yeah. raining. Yep. It's the best experience ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Good time. Do you have any um, weird stories what from Disneyland? Or, like, I mean, I, I like, because I've had passes, like, throughout my childhood, childhood, and then, like, obviously things kind of got expensive. And then, um, and then when I was out of high school, I started going all the time. Um, but, I mean, because, like, I, I, I'm, 
I am, I was, I am involved in like social clubs, like the people that were all the back patches yeah. and stuff. So like, yeah. so yeah. I mean, explain oh, what man. that okay. is. For- so it's, it's, it's <laughs> a lot. Um, I, and it's so funny because my story is so funny. Like long story short, there's a cast member and I was wearing my R2D2 hat and like, I was wearing, like, I, just, I love R2D2. So I was just like wearing a bunch of R2D2 stuff. And, um, and so anyways, the guy was like, oh, like, do you know what social club is? And so he was kind of explaining it. It's pretty much people that wear back patches, like Sons of Anarchy-esque. But, but like, it's all Disney related. Like yeah. Disneyland, so take, that, take that whether you will. Um, uh, and so there was like the troopers, the troop, you know, Star Wars themed. And then, I mean, I, and it's so weird because I've dealt with so much dumb drama. I mean, I haven't personally, but somehow there's just always drama. So it's kind of funny, like you guys said, like maybe they're trying to filter some like childhood, like it, it really is like high school all over again sometimes. And, I'm just like, I, and it seems to be that there's like you know. a real, a very clear line between the people that are like super, this is, this is going to be my happy place and I'm going to have fun. And then there are other ones that get really dramatic. I mean, I'm part of several Facebook Disney groups, which are totally fun. One is vintage Disney and one is like it's called Twisted Disney and it's it's for adults only. Like it's really funny some of the things they post. <laughs> but there was yeah. um there was like this whole controversy of this guy in Anaheim who runs a pirate uh a pirated Disney insignia and that like he makes the patches and the t shirts for these social clubs, but rips everybody off. We'll take like thousands of dollars from these clubs, you know, in the orders and so they're all like kind of doxing him, and I mean it's it's kind of crazy being on the outside. I mean, like my my boyfriend is currently part of a million dollar lawsuit against a club and Disney and um, and Kaiser, and it's it, it's all bad <laughs> and it's just gross. Long story short, um, there's yeah. a podcast. Uh, I won't even say what it is because don't need to finish <laughs> mess. Um, it's it's layers of Disney drama upon yeah well be, yeah because it's like, all intertwined so like because like they would start like stuff would happen you know like I mean reality TV show you know you throw in a bomb and you throw in another bomb like it was it was that but like real life and real people thank God I just like I like watching and I stay away and I know what's going on but I'm not involved <laughs> that's not, that's how I am with everything wow. But, um, Long story short, just kind of like a weird situation was happening with somebody that shouldn't have been talking to a girl that's not 18 and just super uh, fishy character. And then now he's claiming defamation and that Kaiser released like medical records. And it's just this whole like literally mess. So we, we, I mean, I've helped fundraise for all that stuff too. So that's been over like. <laughs> I've lived in yeah, Vegas for I mean, five years now. Abby, that brings up a really uh, one of the more complex issues around Disney and, and and many theme parks is that when we've talked about, and I'm obviously clearly this is no reflection on on your friend, <clears throat> but you know there are jobs that people gravitate to if they want access to minors and. You know, one of the stories I tell, I've, I've, I've reported it, I mean, or I've, I've talked about this in our um, previous episodes, but when Shiloh and I met years ago and started working with the um, the sex offense population, you know, you're immersed in it. Like we were working 
hours every day, five days a week, and you just start to get this sixth sense for the people that are you know, pedophilically oriented. And, you know, I remember being going to a show on Broadway that was the musical version of Billy Elliot. And at, when the lights come up at break, I was like, oh, you and you, and you like you just there's sort of this you, you got a feeling for it. And then it transferred over, it generalized into going to theme parks and, you know, some of the ride operators or some of the, like, there's plenty of people that go down there and as singles. And you, bus not too long ago at Walt Disney World, didn't they? Like, with just I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm on YouTube yeah, and it's just and it's I, every single week. This person's talking to this underage person. This person's talking to this underage person. It's just like, it never ends. Like, it's One of the sex offender clinics that I worked at was in Orange County. And so a lot of our population, especially because after people get imprisoned and when they come back out, generally they don't have any source of income. They've lost everything. They go back to live with family. So they were going back to live with parents or family back in the area. created and allowed the, the situation in the first place. Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes there was like enabling going on, but they were essentially, I was treating people who had grown up in Orange County when I was working in Orange County. And it's like, what would you say, Abby, like maybe seven out of 10 people who live sort of centric to Anaheim worked for Disney at some point in their life. You know, there, a lot of them are are being employed by Disneyland or the hotels. I mean, it's huge. It, yeah, it's it's yeah, it, it actually there? explains it in, in a way that I really did not understand. Like it's that starting like that, the quality of the work and the quality of your supervision and the quality of your coworkers was so good that people would take those jobs over other ones because it's like, okay, the pay is only slightly better, but this is a great opportunity. And then it ends up being you, your circle of friends is the people you work with and you stay after and hang out for a little bit after work. And so suddenly, it's I mean, cold-esque environment. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's a yeah. Yeah. But it was really interesting. I could usually go around in a group of the men that I was working with and majority of them had worked at Disneyland at some point in their life. And so, you know, it, it, I was constantly weighing like, okay, is that because they live here and lots of people do that? Or like Scott was saying, are they seeking out Mm -hmm. jobs where they know they're not necessarily have access to offend against kids, but to look at I mean, like I, I, cause like I went to three different high schools. So I like went, I, like, I didn't really know too many people from high school that worked there. I think I knew one person that worked there at one point in time out of everyone. I think that, again, like, I okay. maybe one person from the last high school I went to. But, I, I mean, the culture there, it's like you either have a past or you work there. So, I guess I kind of could see that that part of it, too. That makes sense. Yeah, and, and entire families. I mean, I've known where the husband, the wife, and the daughter, yeah, you know, they all work there. And Brothers, um, baby mamas dad was a firefighter retired firefighter at uh, disneyland so he can go forever and ever oh, and ever yeah. <laughs> yeah, most theme parks most theme parks mm-hmm. have their own fire department <laughs> kind of a cool thing to do if you're gonna be a firefighter anyway yeah I, I, I mean it's crazy go ahead 
No, I was gonna. We were gonna talk about a couple of the other things that were um, uh, that had happened regarding. Like, there's a couple of like major events that happened at Disneyland. One of them in 2014 was an enormous measles outbreak, which is is riling in itself because this is the 21st century. There should not be measles outbreaks because you should fucking vaccinate your children. Wow. And um, there was an enormous, <laughs> enormous measles outbreak uh, that at least 127 cases uh, had been tra traced to that Disneyland outbreak. And there was, um, yeah. what was one of the other things that happened? Oh, one of the sad things that in 1979, a 31-year-old woman was riding Space Mountain and she started um, feeling ill. And... Um, she couldn't, she wanted to, I, I don't know if she was misunderstood, but they couldn't get her out of the car and it kept running because other operators didn't realize that she was trying to get out. So she basically stayed on the ride three or four times. And at the end of the third time she was dead. And they found out that she had actually had a tumor growing in her heart that got dislodged by Space Mountain and uh, it got into her brain. So like, this little tumor got into her bloodstream. Yeah, it caused like a massive what? stroke. Speaking of, also, another thing, if you, know you have kidney stones, they tell you to yeah. go on roller coasters. So if you have a kidney stone, get really hydrated and go on the California Adventure um, Incredicoaster. And that will, I'm sure it will pass it. You'll be screaming in agony, but what a what a way to do it, right? Oh, yeah. I used to go between my, my college close. classes. I used to be like, <laughs> I have time to go on a ride right now. And I just go and like, go hop on a ride real quick. Scott, I hope you're not giving out official medical I'm not advice. a medical doctor, although I play one on television. <laughs> you can't say that when you have birds. Oh, Shiloh. You're so wise. Look, I have such a crush on Shiloh. You and your snap. This is eyeglasses. Do you know there's actually, there's, do you know there's a ghost on Space Mountain? He gets on the ride and sits next to the person and then when they come back from the ride being over he's gone i would pay to have that happen to me <laughs> i did nothing i would love I that yeah yeah the same people see the same guy uh supposedly this is not a paranormal podcast yeah. there's a great you... meme there was a great oh, meme going around it's like when i die i want my remains to be scattered at disneyland but i don't want to be cremated <laughs> No. Oh my god. Adrian, like, Ew. Adrian just said it sounds like his I don't like like I can't do dead people. I don't like graveyards. I don't like dead bodies. I don't like any of that. Like I'm I just not about it. But like anything like paranormal, I and uh just and then like all those stories you hear about like people scattering um, ashes in, in Haunted Mansion. I'm just like I'm just gonna pretend yeah, that that's they thing. actually they <laughs> they installed a, they installed a lot of cameras. That does not happen as much as it used to. That because they had to. There were so many cremains that, and yeah. cremains you can't do that. Like you can you can dispose of them in nature, but you can't in closed environments because yes, it's it's dust and most likely, it's but it's bio still bio based. remains and there could be a hazard that, right? involved. Ugh. I'm opposite. I'll take a dead body over mm -hmm. a ghost. Oh, I love. <laughs> oh my goodness. Do you have any um, stories, any other things that we didn't get to last time, Scott? Well, there's just really interesting stuff about, even as late as 2016, when we were talking about celebration, 
um, about the, the planned community celebration that's outside of Disney World that, you know, even the most well-planned, and it's certainly if you're going to plan something or design something, have Disney do it because they're pretty great. But there were so many contractors involved in the construction of this uh, planned community that everything's falling apart. And as a, there are even um, cases going on as late as 2016 from many of the condo owners about just really low-grade materials being used for construction and lots of leaking and now it's also like it's in Florida, so Florida is a difficult place to have to build for because it has to withstand some pretty um, se severe weather and um, moisture issues. But yeah, um, just just a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, well, wasn't there another uh, homicide in celebration? Oh God, what was that? About? Uh, uh, uh. uh. Man, hang on, hang on. That was a re that was more recent too. No, because the one you talked about was just last year. Oh, it was from okay. 2010. Hang on, let me bring up the article. See if I can do. Well, this while you're doing that, I will talk about um, something else that happened. I, we talked in the broadcast or in the or podcast about the Winnie the Pooh, <laughs> the Winnie the Pooh allegation that Winnie the Pooh had caused brain damage to a woman's child. And when it oh, yeah. turned into a court case, Winnie the Pooh right. came in costume, did a little jig, and showed that physically he would not be able to do that because his hands weren't at the right level to slap the child in the way that they described. Michelle says she wants I, to see that. Yeah, I will do it. I would, I would pay to see that, actually. They yeah, should, that should be a, his hand up like higher than like a like not even like a 45 degree angle like you can't right they don't right unless he's just like doing you know right like a helicopter around a kid trying to smack him like don't give me any ideas abby <laughs> look 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 if you're a kid and you're just being that way like <laughs> you want to do it right your parents ain't watching you then this sounds like somebody ain't parenting Right. So look, there's so another one in 1976, there was a woman who sued Disney for 150,000 and she was claiming that one <laughs> that she was fondled by one of the oh three little pigs. It's a small world. So, um which look, there's a lot of screening. Even getting a job as a face character there, when we say face character, it's someone that either plays, you know, plays a role, either they're wearing a head or they're actually, their face is exposed, but they're dressed as like Mary Poppins or Bert or any of those things. But you go through so much training and so much screening to even get those jobs. And um, it, just the likelihood of someone doing that is, is just really, really unlikely. So, and of course, Disney has unlimited funds and lots of uh, shrewd lawyers. So um, they were able to go in front of the judge with like a, a, a cutaway of the three little pigs alleged perpetrator and show that um that it would be impossible for her to have been groped in the way that she was describing because of and i love this term the inoperable stub arms so the arms the yeah. arms weren't actually usable arms so they were just like little flappy little flappy arms shannon shannon makes a great point that a lot of women have been <laughs> by pigs that part Shannon, you need to co-host get vocal with us please you have some amazing one-liners tonight and i think it's because you missed 
a get vocal a couple of times ago. You're trying to make up for it. <laughs> okay, I found this story. So this was in 2010 and it was the first homicide in Celebration, Florida. Um, so a 58 year old man who lived in Celebration was a retired teacher. He had a longtime love of all things Disney, of course. Um, and he seemed to be counseling troubled youth at his home. <laughs> uh -oh. Uh oh, I know. Yeah. Um, and he had a 30 year old male transient staying at his home. And 30 year old is not youth, um, Yeah, straight to. Oh, um, but the transient said that he woke up with the 58 year old on top of him attempting to sexually assault him and that he thought he had been um drugged prior to the assault and so he bludgeoned this man so he's using the gay panic defense right he is so he he not only um bludgeoned him with an axe but he also strangled him with a shoelace to ensure he was dead so it sounds like a um series of unfortunate events. I don't know what happened. This article is from the Daily Beast and the uh, perpetrator was still awaiting uh, his trial. So that was the wow. first one. In but he's still, oh, oh, he's probably gone through trial by now, right? I would hope so. <laughs> like in 2010. Yeah, I'm sure he has. Uh, well, you know, there's also, slow, but I'm it's interesting, you know, I think the farther things go back, you know, Shiloh and I have run into this problem, like when we've been researching certain things. And it's, it's amazing how some of the vintage crimes we look at, there's been unbelievable paper trails going back to the 30s or the 20s. I mean, that, it's it's kind of amazing. And one of the things that that I found in researching, you know, recent stuff when it is when it's very high profile or when there's a lot of money involved is sometimes sometimes those stories just kind of disappear and you can't really follow the trail. You know, one of the things that we talk about in wealthy communities here on the West Coast is like how the the cities want to suppress any information about crime in their communities because so much of their livelihood is based on tourism. Santa Barbara is one of them. In Santa Barbara, I did my graduate studies there. It's a beautiful, beautiful oceanside community. I mean, it is. It's like it's. Uh, it's just stunning. It like it is like Disneyland in itself in a way. Its main street is just unbelievably immaculate with wonderful shops and restaurants. And there are huge multi-million dollar homes in the hills. Like Oprah has her home there and many, many rich celebrities. Oprah but there. people get attacked there all the time and it's all buried. You know, a, a guy I went to school with up there, uh, didn't go to school with him. I worked with him and his girlfriend and he was stabbed in the head by a homeless person. They never caught the guy. And unfortunately he had really, really severe brain injuries that he's still dealing with today. But it's just one of those things to remember that when you're talking about an, a corporate entity in a contained environment with unlimited funds, they can definitely control, they can control the story to an extent. Now there was something also at Thomas Alassie, sure. well, I won't say the name, but we got a great, um, somebody who, <laughs> yeah, bleep that. Um, Jason, bleep that name. So anyway, we got we got reached out to by uh, someone who had just discovered the podcast <laughs> this week, um, who was a former Disney employee himself. And he wrote like a really wonderful email to us. So thank you. 
Um, but he was talking about um, some of those examples too. And I was hoping he would jump on and, and share it with us, but I guess he didn't make it today. Maybe we can get him for another one. Yeah. What, what were Let some me of the go back that he was talking to about? that email without saying his name. Um, Do you ladies have any questions about the Disney episode while we're here? We have oh, thoughts. here's one of the things. The, in the in the haunted mansion, they actually, you know, when they were buying props for the haunted mansion, um, some of the props were not so uh, false as they were. Uh, they were basically they basically bought a real human skeleton that is still in um, one of the haunted mansions that's used. Um, <laughs> there's also there was also a rumor. This is the thing he was talking about, and this is that and i had heard this when i worked there years ago is that no one is allowed to die on disney property that if you get hurt that they need to drag you off property and right. not pronounce you dead until you're off that property and he said that it's been somewhat just uh debunked but it's a neat little rumor i think that's really fascinating because that was one of the mm -hmm. sort of the cornerstone of the american horror story the first season about the murder house was that if you died on the property of the murder house, your ghost was uh, caught there for eternity. Um, the other thing, and oh, this is what one of the things he talked about that nice. we have, we don't even have time to talk about uh, <laughs> in depth, but is very cool is when they opened the animal kingdom in Florida, tons of animals um, died because they had tried their best to create environments right. Um, especially for the felines, but the um, a lot of the the they could not survive in the extreme heat and humidity of Florida. So, yeah, they're trying to recreate these in a swamp. habitats like, from Africa. Like, like, like try it first before you put people in there. Yeah, and have them experience this traumatic experience. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I think that was it. Like they, they would have to literally try and drag off the carcasses of these animals. And wasn't you know what we forgot to talk about too, Shiloh? Wasn't there just in the last couple of years there was a baby mm -hmm. eaten by a crocodile or an oh, alligator, like right? And it was on the, the property of yeah, the hotel, like a five-year-old. Yeah, like in front of the parents. That this, you know, right, right. Is it a croc or an alligator? It's an alligator. Yeah, there was, yeah, there was like a swamp area and the kid walked off or they weren't paying attention or something. Yeah. That blows my mind because I stayed at Animal Kingdom a couple of years ago and, you know, the way they make it seem, I'm like, ooh, the giraffes are going to come up to my third floor balcony and I'll be able to feed them. But no, I mean, they have, it, it's well gated. There's, and, and I know those animals are supposed to be there as part of like the, the resort. Oh, she froze. Right, well, Betty oh, just, man. Betty just said something interesting uh, that she was impressed that they didn't sue. I think that's one of the issues, Betty, is that you, you know, they're, they may, if they feel that your case is merited, then they want to settle, but like. It's, it's not I a lot say of that, They probably were going to point the finger back at them for being negligent parents and not watching their kids around. But then it's like, that's what, that's what was the huge fight was like, okay, well, if there's alligators there, why aren't there signs? And then it's just right. The whole thing. And I think the, the reality is, is that they're everywhere in that 
mm-hmm. area. Like, and, and it wasn't even a swamp. I mean, this was sort of the lagoon area that was a, sort of a man, like, man-made lake or something, but the alligator had taken up residence there. Like, there's that area, like, on Catella, where the Honda Center is, and there's, like, two brick, like, cement walls, and in between, it's just space. So, like, after a concert one time, a dude went to go, like, hop over it and didn't hop over it. And so then they had to put signs up because of that whole situation. But, I mean, why do it when it's too late? Like, come, come on. Never, never <laughs> underestimate the stupidity of the average human being. Like, they're just, people just do <laughs> dumb stuff. There, there, were, I, there have been gang fights. There was one man who was stabbed to death back in the 70s. Who um, and they? This is something that Disneyland Parks really makes an effort now. Is that they really work hard to break up and discourage any kind of gang activity because this was, you know, a guy um, was getting, you know, sort of trading jabs with a, a group of teenagers, and uh, I think it was a big military guy, and he went to confront one of the teenagers, and the teenager had, had pulled a knife on him and stabbed him in the abdomen. He bled out. Wow. So, yeah, those things yeah, happen. That, that, that story oh midway mania that's why that's what's the name of the place you called it something else and i was like why does it sound wrong and then i I called it i called it like toy story or something because it's it's all the toy story characters but it is midway Mania. yeah you called it something else and i was like wait no it's midway and i corrected you out loud verbally and i was like no no no, that's not (laughs) well that's so funny that you said that because this listener that wrote us in who was so cool um said that he was talking to us during that episode as well. So I think maybe <laughs> maybe it's the, the maybe it is really Disney mania. We're all a little mad yeah, when I we talk about Disney. When you guys said Disney Christmas, because I have like this whole thing, I won't go into depth, but every year it always rains and I always get my hot chocolate and I always go on Small World yes. and it's the weirdest thing. First time I go to Disneyland Christmas does not matter either if it's, and I've had it happen to me at, at Walt Disney World, like Walt Disney World too, and it's I just was like, oh, no, I'm not going to go this year. I know. Sucks. <laughs> gingerbread men that they sell at the Starbucks at Disneyland oh. are amazing. I hate gingerbread, and they are the best things ever. Oh, <laughs> all the and, bread, all of it. And the, the gorgeous, gorgeous, there's always a gingerbread house in yes. Calif- in the Grand Hotel that is, like, amazing. It's just always incredibly impressive, like, enormous mm-hmm. chocolate sculpture and gingerbread. Oh, it's very sad. I know, I know. <laughs> It looks like uh, Mr. We were... Alex is trying to get on. <laughs> Mr. Alex is coming in? Oh, cool. Oh, Adrian, I'm going through withdrawals with this closure. Dude, I, 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 we're, I completely agree with you. My partner, Dan, and I, like, that's that's what, you know, we're at a minimum of once a month, people. and They're not giving you, know, you refunds? Yeah, they are. I mean, they're, oh, they're, okay. they, they're not they're not charging us for they the annual pass thing. But... Or whatever. Yeah, my annual... I have a pass to uh, Universal Studios right now, and I pay monthly, and they're not charging. So, yeah. All right, uh, Shannon. I tried to make a gingerbread house once, and I've never been more full of rage in my life. You have to be prepared. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's a whole thing that you're supposed to like. It's not just like, oh, I've got some sugar and flour. I'll start it on it. Like you have to have all the, <laughs> yeah, the shit that turns it into edible glue and. <laughs> Cool. Well, it's eight o'clock. I think that's all the stories that we had. And um, well, let's all wish Dr. Shiloh a wonderful, restful night, so she can enjoy the rest of her. Oh, bye, and the beautiful ladies. <laughs> yes, her backups. My backup dancers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. it's totally Beyonce. Oh my gosh. 
All right. Take care. Good seeing everybody. Have a great weekend. Thanks for being here.